0: The message. I'm nervous uh, as all get out, but I'm excited. I knew uh, uh, several weeks ago when preacher was going to be out of town. We kind of got together, and I, I was, he was giving me the dates. He goes, All right, "We're going to be going here, and Miss Tammy's going to be going here." And then my nervousness began to rise, and and then he kept going on about the dates where he's going to be preaching it, I and mean, my nervousness kept going up. I'm like, "Preacher, I need you here, amen." Uh, so, uh, but I, I, I feel so strongly about the message that the Lord laid upon my heart. I'd I'd already kind of started working on this particular message, and it's like the Lord just gave me the green light when Pastor told me when I was. Gonna to be preaching, uh, so I, I'm excited to bring it unto you, and, and I hope, and I'm praying that I'll be able to give it unto you, how the Lord give it unto me in my study, because I had a good time identifying with Christ throughout this entire, uh, putting all this message together this morning. Now, listen, I do have a lot of slides, so uh, a lot of them include a lot of our scripture references as well, so there's no worries there. A lot of scriptures, I tend to read fast, and that usually happens when I get nervous, all right? I tend to go fast. Many of you picked up on that by now. You know when Brother Brandon gets nervous, we start talking faster and faster and faster, and and I'm like, just slow down, slow down. And uh, so you pray for me uh, as as we preach this morning. But if you can stand, if you will stand, just for a few moments here, let's read uh, out of our, our scripture reference this morning in First Peter, First Peter chapter number two. We'll we'll just read ten verses this morning. I know it's a little bit more lengthy than what we normally would read, but they're all vital and they all play a part in what we're going to bring forth this morning. First uh, Peter chapter number two. Beginning in verse number 1. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and all hypocrisies and envies and evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If so you have if so be you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a lively of a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. "'Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house "'and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices "'acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. "'Wherefore, also it is contained in the Scripture, "'Behold, I lay in Sion a chief cornerstone, "'elect, precious, and he that believeth on him "'shall not be confounded. "'Unto you, where, therefore, which believe he is precious,' But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. Verse number nine. But ye are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And pay attention to verse number 10 which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. You may be seated. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. And then I want to teach and preach just a little bit this morning on your identity your identity. Let's pray this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Lord, and I stand in amazement every time I go to the scriptures and search them out in your precious word, Lord, what you have for us, and Lord, and how you reveal it unto us. And God, I pray that you would take me today, and Lord, empty me of myself, and Lord, may I be full of you, and Lord, may I give everything that you want said today God, I pray every illustration that you'd bring forth to my memory, Lord, in every verse of scripture that is read, Lord, may, may your people be hungry for your word and may, the, may we hide it in our hearts. God, I pray, Lord, that we would glean something from your word this morning, Lord, as I want to be a help unto your people. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would help me to help them. God, I cannot do this in my own strength. In the arm of flesh, I will fail every single time. And God, I pray that you would just give me that fresh touch from on high to preach like never before. I need your strength and your power now. Go with us, I pray in Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. I want to preach and teach us a little bit on this morning of your identity, and if there's a subject I believe that would resonate in today's time would literally be this one right here, your identity, because it seems as if the world in which we are in, they are so confused of identity, of who they are and of what they are, and the, we, we know there should be no confusion, uh, but there is confusion, and the author of that confusion is the devil Satan himself, and we understand that, but uh, as, as we approach this subject this morning, I want to bring into clarity this morning a contrast of the two as Peter does in, fir- in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. He brings a contrast in the latter part of verse number 10. He contrasts the two, and, and we 'll pull some things out as we work our way through here, but we understand that we live in a world that is full of people who are lost, and we live in a world where many believe that they simply do not fit in and Can I get an amen right there that 's you go, you approach any young person, any young adult, and even even a lot of adults and they feel that they just don 't fit in they they feel excluded, if you would, and we live in a world where many people are searching for a sense of belonging to someone. Or something. And we live in a time where many simply are experiencing what I like to call an identity crisis. And we can all say amen right there. An identity crisis. This is where we are in this time in which we live in. An identity crisis. And, and I'll put some things on the screen as we work our way down through this morning. But an identity crisis is defined as a period of uncertainty or confusion in a person's life. This crisis occurs when a person's sense of identity, hang on with me, becomes insecure and unstable. Those are key words that we need to hang on to. They become unstable and insecure. An identity crisis usually would occur when when there's a change in a person's life, whether it be a financial situation, a a job situation that may lose their job. It may be a marriage that they go through divorce. It may be a child who has faced some adversity in their life. It may be a child and High school or in middle school, this went through some bullying, and there may be something in their lives. And I don't know about you, but I know whenever I was growing up and going through school, many of us, no doubt, went through different identities. Uh, we, we began to conform with certain groups of people that we hung out with. And and uh, you know, and many times our parents would tell us the same thing, just be you. Right, Just be you. Be yourself. Be yourself. And But we see this idea of identity crisis. It doesn't stop in school and it doesn't stop in teenagers, but it continues on through the teenage years and through the young adult years and even into the adult years. And what we're seeing now in the world is literally an identity crisis that is taking place because they are unstable and unsure of their identity, of why they are here, why they were created, and who they were created for. There is an uncertainty. There is an uncertainty stability about their identity. And therefore they feel like they don't belong in the world. Well, can I give you a little hint? We don't belong in the world. Amen. Listen, we were not created for this world, but we were created for God and for his glory. So we see this uncertainty, this identity crisis that we're going through that many people, we live in a time here where many people both in and out of the body of Christ, this is not just for the lost. I believe, I believe, without a shadow of a doubt, that just as many people that are saved, that are Christians, are facing this same identity crisis, and they wonder why, why, why one day they're they're super spiritual, and then the next they're super cardinal. They wonder why that battle continues to rage back and forth because there's a little bit of unstable, unstable, uh, uh, unstability within their identity. They're unstable within their identity, and I want to help you this morning, and I want to bring some things into light that may help you solidify your identity within Christ, because it's a big issue. Because if we want to reach the lost and undying world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, we must be firm in our foundation and in our current identity in order to show them the love of Christ. We have to have something and be able to show them something. But if we're unsure, if we're unstable, if we're in and we're out and we're in and we're out and we're hot and we're cold, this is literally the layout of seed in church era, right? Hot then cold. I I I don't want you. I will spew thee out of my mouth, right? Why has that come to pass? Why? Because I think our identity plays a lot in that. Because we're not firm in our identity in Christ. So we live in a time in which many people, both in and out of the body of Christ, are experiencing an identity crisis. In other words, we don't know who we really are, and we've lost our identity, and and we don't know who we are. So consequently, we struggle every day with this concept of being carnal one day and super spiritual the next. Today we're saved, and tomorrow we're struggling, and we're not sure if we're even saved. And today we're saved, and tomorrow we're not. We've lost our identity, and as a result, we're walking around like spiritual zombies, just going through the motions of life. Hoping for the best, but that brings us to a very fortunate question, unfortunate question that we all have to ask, ask ourselves: Is how do you identify yourself? How do you ide- maybe you never thought about this? How do I identify myself? I know many of you you think about it like this. Many of you uh, you you ask somebody, hey, you, you meet somebody for the first time, you say, hey, I'm so and so. Your name is, who are you, and what about you, right? You want some information. You want some identity. You want something about them. Well, they'll begin to list off a lot of things. Usually they start off with their occupation, right? Their occupation, their job, what they do, who they are, their name, their occupation, what they do, if they have family, and all these things they'll begin to list. But all those things are great, but it's ultimately, that's not their identity. That's not, that that is who makes up them, but hold on with me. Hang on with me. Our identity is not found in the things that surround us. Our identity should be found in Christ. Right. Everything ought to center around Jesus Christ. Our lives ought to center and revolve around the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you. To th- I, I read this funny story, and Miss Kitty, you'll enjoy this one, being a wildlife rehabilitator. Uh, the, this funny story that I read uh, is of a baby rabbit who was orphaned. A little baby rabbit who was orphaned. Now, fortunately, there was a family of squirrels living by, and they took in this rabbit. Yes, they took in this rabbit and they raised it as if it was one of their own. And this adoption, though was adopted, led to some peculiar behavior by this little rabbit. This little rabbit would not be found hopping around, but it would have the tendency to scurry around as if a squirrel would. Instead of hopping around, it would go back and forth, darting around and, and trying to dig up the ground and try to bury acorns just as if his brothers and sisters did. And here's the thing, it began to cause some issues. And when the rabbit grew up and it went through a of an identity crisis. He realized that he's a rabbit and his his brothers and sisters are squirrels and there's something different about me and I'm different from them and they're different from me, but I'm acting like a squirrel. But who should I act like, like a rabbit or a squirrel? I don't know. So he began to question his identity. He goes to his step-parents there, his squirrel parents, and and asks the question, how can I be? Who should I be? Should I be a rabbit? Should I be a rabbit or should I be a squirrel? And his step-parents' response was, Don't scurry, be hoppy. Don't scurry, be hoppy. That's a funny illustration, but it's it's an example of where we live today, where we're surrounded by such influences where we become just like our influences. We forget our true identity. We forget our true identity, and we begin to adopt and adapt to those circumstances that are surrounding us. Now, which leads me to our first point. I only have three, and we'll move through them very, very quickly this morning. Our old identity. See, in order, I think, in order to understand our current identity in Christ, we must grasp hold of our old identity. In order to understand our new identity in Christ, we have to understand something, that there was an old identity that we once had. You see, everyone here this morning was born with an identity, you were born with a a birth certificate, you were born, and you have your name written down on record of where you were born, and how much you weighed, and how long you were, and all the moms know, and the dads are like, uh, they were born, amen, I was there, (laughs) that's all I can tell you, but there's a birth record that goes about you being born. Now, we first need to understand that when we were born into this world, that we were born into sin, and Romans chapter number five and verse number 12, wherefore, by one Man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. So death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. And we understand, we need to understand that this morning that our old identity, our old identity was that we were all sinners and we all share the same condemnation because we were all children of Adam. We all descended from Adam and Eve there, and when they sinned, that sin passed upon all men, for all have sinned. And we get this, we're born sinners, and for that reason that we were unable to do good in order to please God in our natural state, that is our flesh. And in Romans chapter number eight, in verse number eight, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. We were dead in our sins before Christ raised us unto spiritual life. In Ephesians chapter number 2 in verses 1 through 3. And, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and power of the air and the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom, hang on with me now, among whom we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Our identity before Jesus Christ was one of a dead man with dead ends on every hand. Our identity. We need to grasp this concept this morning because it will help you and it will solidify your new identity if you truly understand where you came from. When you were born, you were born a sinner. Just like each one of us in this room, each one of us in this room were born a sinner. Why? Because we are descendants of Adam. And because that sin passed upon all men, guess what? We in this room is all men, okay? Pretty simple. We don't have, it's not over our heads, all right? So we understand that we're all born sinners this morning. And before the Lord Jesus Christ came into our heart, before we realized our need of him, before we realized our need of salvation, before we realized that we were lost and undone, we were sinners. We were dead man full of dead ends and dead works laid out right before our eyes and we earnestly and we earnestly seek to fill a void in our lives through authentic and personalized methods yet amidst this pursuit we find that there is only one source capable of satisfying our deepest longings and his name is jesus christ You can testify unto this, that you've tried your best. You think back before you were saved. Now listen, I don't want you to dwell there and stay there forever, but it's good for us sometimes just to go back and remember what God brought us from. A time and place when we were empty and hollow, when we were trying to fill a void with everything this world had to offer, trying to fill a void that could only be filled through Jesus Christ. We were conformed. Like I said, I think back to high school, and many of you can think back to a lot of our high school friends, and they went through phases, and we had some weird phases in high school when I was growing up, and, and some of those phases were the goth phase, and everybody wore black, and they had the, the big baggy pants, and the chains, and black fingernails. Now, I did not, praise the Lord, hallelujah, I did not go through that phase, and uh, all, I'm, all I'm saying is I'm thankful we didn't have social media back when we was in high school. How many of you adults can say amen right there? There's a lot of things that we did that we did not want pictures of. Amen. So that should should tell all you young people, listen, don't do nothing you don't want on the internet because it'll get there. If you take a picture, it's going to get there somehow. But we think about our identity. And going through high school, there was one phase after another, the next fad would come in, whether it be the style of clothing, the haircuts, and I don't have to worry about that now, but then I had long hair. You said, Brother Brandon, no way. There's a couple pictures on Facebook. My wife loves to share them when they come up in her memories of, look at Brother Brandon with his hair. I had hair, young people. Teenagers, you may not believe me, but I had hair, and it was down to here, and I'd pull it back, and it looked horrible now looking back on it. Amen? Uh, But nonetheless, we go through phases in life. We go through identity crisis because we're trying to find where to fit in. All throughout growing up, we try to find those niches, those groups of peoples, that that avenue, that style of clothing. What's me? Maybe this. And you'll try that for a while, and you're like, ah, it's not me. It's, I don't, it, this doesn't feel right. I don't feel like I, I'm, I'm included. It don't feel like I'm supposed to be here. And then you'll wander over here to somewhere else, and you'll try to fit in with this crowd. It, it may be the goth. It may be with the jocks. It may be with the preppy people. And then again, it, it, and then again you venture out even further than that, as some of us did, and we're not a proud of it. We're fully ashamed of it, but we venture out into those drug world and those that were dealing drugs and those that were abusing drugs and alcohol. And maybe you dabble, oh, they'll, they'll accept me. They'll, I'll fit in here with this group and I can fit in here with this group. And then it wasn't long that you feel like you didn't fit in there because you don't. You don't fit in any social group. You don't fit in any social mold. You don't fit in any mold this world has to offer. The only mold that you and I fit in is the one that God formed for you and I specifically as individuals, and that is in him. That is the only mold in which we fit in. So we need to understand that our our old nature, our old nature, we were born sinners and we were born trying to fill that void with everything that we can, which would lead us to this next question here. Why can't we find fulfillment in ourselves? Because that's what the world says, right? The world says, oh, just be you. Do what you want to do. Fulfill your desires and you will be happy. My friends, that is furthest from the truth. You will never be happy fulfilling your own desires because they will always end up dead ends. Why is that? You say, look at the Hollywood, if you would. Can we pause for just a moment and take a look at some of the elite that are in Hollywoods who have millions? You say, well, if I had money, I wouldn't have problems. Well, the old saying goes, more money, more problems. Amen. And that is true. You want, you want more problems? Get more money. But listen to me. Hang on with me here. You look at Hollywood, they have everything. They have fame, they have fortune. Anything at their disposal, they can make a phone call and things will arrive at their doorstep. But yet how many of them still commit suicide? How many of them are still struggling every single day trying to find their own identity? Every single day, they're trying to find their own identity in roles that they play within Hollywood, and I believe sometimes, the, the biggest actors really ain't in Hollywood, amen, it's right here in the local church, amen, uh, but that's a whole other subject, they, they play the roles, and they play the part, and they act the, and they, they act the part thinking, this is going to be fulfillment, this will be my goal, this will be me, and then it does not come to fruition, and they fall flat again, and here they are searching for the next one, searching for the next one, searching for the next one, that next feeling, that next feeling, that next feeling, because there's always going to Be a void that's going to be there unless filled by Jesus Christ. That is it. That is it. Well, why why can't we find fulfillment in ourselves? And I found this quote, and I love this quote here because we were created to reflect the glory of God. And since the main goal of seeking an identity outside of Christ is to bring glory to ourselves, we will never find lasting fulfillment apart from Him. Every time we try to find fulfillment within ourselves, it will last for a season and then you're searching again. It'll last for a season and you're searching again. Because we are born sinners, we must experience that second spiritual birth, and we are born once into Adam's family and and sinners by nature. We we are born again, and when we're born again, we are born into God's family, and we're given a new nature in Jesus Christ. In John chapter number 1 and verses 12 and 13, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood nor the will of flesh. Nor the will of man, but of God. Understanding who we were before Jesus will bring clarity on how we are to identify ourselves now in Christ. Now listen, if you're here this morning and you've never put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and you've never called out to him for salvation, you still may be struggling this morning. This morning, you literally may be sitting within these walls and are struggling with your own identity. Who you are? Why don't I fit in? Why is nothing going my way? I don't understand why I am here. What is my purpose? Well, listen, I'm here to tell you this morning that your purpose is to bring glory to God. And the first step to bring glory to God is to accept his beloved son, Jesus Christ, who loved you and died for you that will bring him glory. The will of the Father is that all will be saved, that none should perish, that none go to hell, but yet all would come unto him and receive Jesus as their personal Savior. This morning can be the transitional day. This morning can be the day when you solidify your identity, not in yourself, not in social media, not in alcohol, not in drugs. You're not associating your identity with anything else other than Jesus Christ. He's the only way. He is the way. Definite article, right? He is the way, the life. Listen, our understanding, our old identity will help bring clarity unto our new identity, unto our new identity. And when we find our identity in Christ, it's more than just a new card we put in our wallet or a group that we join online. Identifying in Christ changes us from the inside out identifying you with Christ and us calling out to him for salvation and in that moment in which we realize we're lost sinners on our way to hell and we call out to Jesus for salvation there is a great change that takes place our identity begins to form not in what the world has to offer but we form our identity now in Jesus Christ in 2nd Corinthians 5 17 therefore if any man be in Christ he is a new creature old things are passed away behold all things are new now the normal struggle, the normal human struggle is to look for our identity horizontally when we're hardwired by God to look for it vertically. We are hardwired by God to look for it vertically, but yet we still seek fulfillment horizontally with everything that the world has to offer. Even as Christians, we forget our identity in Christ. We forget the time when we got saved. We forget what he has done for us. We forget sometimes where he brought us from. And that's why it's good for us to think back every now and then and see where he brought us from and what he's done in our lives since that moment, since that pivotal moment when our identity changed from ourselves and our own fulfillment into Jesus Christ and what he is doing from this point forward, from salvation forward. Sometimes we forget. The longer we're saved, sometimes we forget about how good God has been to us and how he is conforming us into more and more like Christ every single day. Listen, it's good for us to think back so we can understand our current identity so we're stable in Christ. You want to be stable in Christ? Think back sometimes of where you were and go, yes, I am saved. Yes, I am set apart for God. Yes, I am redeemed. When you ask somebody, we asked this a moment ago, talking about your identity. When you ask somebody about about themselves, well, tell me a little bit about yourself. You know, the first thing what we say a lot of times is our jobs and our occupations and everything else, when ultimately it should be, well, I'm redeemed, I'm saved, I'm loved, I'm cared for, hey, uh, I'm sanctified, I'm being set apart for God's use, you know, all these other things, and we tend to list those on the latter part, but they should be the forefront of our thoughts, that God loves me, Jesus died for me, and I find my identity in Christ. The normal human struggle, though, is for us to look uh, horizontally instead of vertically. But our identity in Christ changes our lives. Knowing our identity in Christ is one thing, but understanding how that practically changes the way we live is another. It truly is. Let me read that statement one more time. Our identity in Christ changes our lives. Knowing our identity in Christ is one thing, but understanding how that practically changes the way we live is another And I love this quote that I came across by Howard G. Hendricks. He says this, there was no identity crisis found in the life of Jesus Christ. He knew who he was. He knew where he had come from and why he was here. And he knew where he was going. And when you are that liberated, then you can serve. And what a true statement that is, that if we really understand our purpose, if we really understand of who created us and who it was that sent his son to die for us and who it was that, that redeemed us and who it was that, that done that finished work on the cross of Calvary, who it was that, 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 that makes us us now in Christ. And, and if we understand that, if we really grab a hold of that and we build that on our solid foundation, then we can begin to serve. Because we can't serve apart from Christ. Because here's what's going to happen. When you serve apart from Christ, you serve for a little while out of your own ambition, but it's going to fall. It's going to fit out. It's going it's to slow down. You're not going to be as zealous as you once were. But if we think back and remember what Jesus has done for us, and our identity has changed because we once were dead, and now we're made alive in Christ, we can serve because we are alive. We could not serve because we were dead. But through that transition, through that transition, of Jesus Christ and finding our identity in Christ, now we can serve. And if we ever get away from our identity in Christ and we get our identity on a title, we get our identity within a position, within a church, we will falter and we will fall. We have to understand that we're all sinners saved by grace. And if we find our identity in that, then it's only then we can begin to serve. It's only then we can begin to serve. As Christians, we must come to the point where we know that Jesus, that we know that Jesus, in order to understand our, our freedom in him, our identity of who we are, must be anchored in the reality of who he is. And he is the rock, and therefore, we are unshakable. i put a few down here. Write them down, because these will help you. He is the Almighty, and therefore, we are confident. And he is holy, therefore, we are sanctified in him. And he is the Savior, and therefore, we have eternal life. And he is the provider, therefore, we have provision. And he is love and therefore we have security. These are, great, these are great points that you can add unto our identity to make sure that you are secure and stable. Because remember, the whole point of an identity crisis is that is unstability. instability. You're unsure. You're shaking a little bit. You're, un, you're unsure of that, of that identity. But if you find it in Jesus Christ and if you found it upon his word right here that we see these things listed out for us, then guess what? You can be sure of your foundation in Christ and you can be sure of your identity in Christ and then you can begin to serve like never before. But until you get solid on this foundation of identity, it's going to be hard for us to serve consistently. Consistently is key, right? Faithfully, as the Bible would say. Faithfully. Peter, gives us this great illustration. You're right. You're still right there. in first Peter chapter number two. And as, as you work your way down through a lot of these, these things as he lists down through, and he talks about being babes in Christ as newborn babes, desire the milk, sincere milk of the word and begins to talk about this cornerstone. What is he talking? He's literally talking about building up your identity, building your identity in Christ. And as you go through, you get all the way down to the latter part here in verses number nine and number 10, number nine really helps solidify our identity in Christ. But you You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. But I love verse number 10 because verse number 10 helps us with a contrast. Verse number 10 reminds us some things. Verse number 10, which in time past, you were not a people. He's reminding us, hey, remember who you are now, but also don't forget who you were. In times past, you were not a people, but you are now a people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Let me help you with a few things here. And a, few, a few side points here. We no longer have to chase after the desires of our flesh, but instead we seek to bring God glory in all areas of our life. We're not in this for ourselves anymore. The moment our identity changes, we change from self to Christ. And the moment that identity changes, our motives begin to change. With that, First John chapter two and verse fifteen through seventeen: Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, then the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. If we're not seeking to find our identity in Christ alone, then we are seeking it in something else. However, when our identity is in the internal things of Christ, we will not be, we will not be crushed by our failures and weaknesses, fall into pride and worldly success or, or despair over disappointments or tragedy. We won't, we won't get lost seeking the attractiveness but emptiness, the things that the world has to offer. And what I want to get you to take a hold of this morning, young people and teenagers and adults alike, is listen, we cannot get hung up on these things things that the world will label us as and put our identity on because you know as well as I know a lot of people remember our failures they remember the times when we fall they remember the times when we've done bad and they forget about all the other stuff that we've done because of the one thing that we have failed on and that becomes what our identity when I say the name Thomas the first thing that comes to your mind is what not to mention everything else that he has been a part of Right, we identify, but that's not our identity. That's not his identity. His identity was in Christ. Sure, he may have wavered for just a moment, and in that doubt, we 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 recognize him as doubting Thomas. And in our lives, there's going to come times when we doubt. In our lives, there's going to come times when we stumble. Young people, there's going to come trials in your lives when it's going to cause your faith to waver just a little bit. But you have to remember in whom you have your identity in. And you cannot let your past and you cannot let your mistakes dictate your future and let that identify you. Something has to well up inside of you say listen that mistake that i made was my old man that's the old me i don't associate with that old man no more that old man's gone that old man is dead i now identify in christ i don't identify with that dead man oh no i was dead now i'm alive in christ and this is who i identify in you cannot let those things that the world comes at you with identify you you cannot because what happens is it will consume you. It will consume you. you I'm, I'm preaching it this morning. It will consume you and cause you and render you worthless. Sitting on the sidelines, worried about all these things, all these accusations, worried about what people are going to think. Hey, you can hang all that. I don't, I, listen, I love each one of y'all in here, but I, and, I, and I worry about what you think, but I'm more worried about what my Heavenly Father thinks about me. Listen, as long as I'm doing his will, and as long as I'm obeying my heavenly father, I know I'm in good standing because he's the one in whom we have to stand and account for every single word that we say, every action that we do. There's going to come a day in which we stand before him. And I want to make sure that my life is accounted and he can say, well done. Not because you please men, but because you pleased me. Jesus had that. Jesus had that. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Oh boy, if he could say that about me. I pray that he can. But it's a daily thing that reminds ourselves that we identify in Christ, that we don't identify with these old natures, with these old things anymore. We are new creatures in Christ. So remembering our old identity will help us with our new identity. We no longer chase after the desires of the flesh, but now we seek after God and pleasing him. Number next here, we also no longer fear the future. We no longer fear the future. Romans chapter number 8 and verses 14 and 15. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again unto fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Oh, yes. We no longer fear the future because we have one who is greater. We have one who is sovereign. We have one who looks after us and provides for us every single step of the way. We now have a heavenly father who wants the best for us and he'll give us the best as long as we abide in his will. as long as we continue to identify in Christ and we continue to move forward in his will, guess what? He looks after his children. He provides for us and he helps us along the way. Trials will come. Issues will arise. But we have one in whom we can run to in time of despair and we can cry, "Have a Father, just like my children when they run in despair and they get hurt and they're troubled about something, they're scared about something and they'll come running up to me going, Daddy, 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 help. You and I get to run to God the same way. We get to say, Abba, Father, help me. I'm in distress. I need this. I got this going on. This is wilding up against me. I got these coming up against me. I got this situation in my life. And we get to run to God in those times. Abba, Father, we have peace with God. And we have nothing to fear on this earth. Just to please our Heavenly Father. We're talking about our identity in Christ. How about you this morning? Are you struggling with your identity? Are you struggling with your identity in Christ? Oh, I know I'm saved, Brother Brandon. I remember when I got saved, and I remember everything that took place. I remember God doing a great work in my life, and, and then all of a sudden, somewhere along the lines, I lost the fire. I lost the zeal. I lost the drive to serve. I lost the drive to read my Bible. I lost the, the drive to go to church every single moment the doors were I lost it somewhere along the way. You didn't lose Jesus. I'll tell you this. What you did was you lost your identity in Christ. You forgot in whom saved you. You forgot in whom done that eternal work inside of you. And When you think back to that moment, when you think back to that time, you'll begin to fan those eternal flames that once burned bright and hot and fiery inside of you and you'll fan those flames and that desires will begin to go you're right God I know I need to do this you're right God I know I need to get in church you're right God I know I need to read more you're right God you know I know I need to testify more about your goodness and of your greatness and of what you've done in my life you're right God and those eternal flames are always burning inside us but sometimes we got to pull the spiritual fan out and fan them once every now and then and think back into those I want you to think about this very quickly here and we're we're done. We're done. Last couple statements here. There are some things that will challenge our identity. Jesus Christ himself was challenged with his identity. If you'll remember this in Luke 4, in Luke chapter number 4, verses 1 through 13, gives us insight to several of the devil's wiles to challenge our identity. And Satan came against Jesus to tempt him in the wilderness. And on two different occasions, Satan began his temptations with these words, thou be the son of God. If thou be the son of God. Challenging his identity of who he was. Twice out of the three temptations, he says, if thou be the son of God. Satan knew exactly who Jesus was in Mark 1, 4, 134. Jesus was there when Satan fell like lightning from heaven in Luke, Luke ten eighteen, We know that. And here's the thing. Significantly, the devil chose a time when Jesus was physically weak and hungry to attack his identity. And he does the same thing to you and I. He waits until we're weak. He waits until a struggle comes in. He waits until we're weak. He waits until a hardship hits our life. He waits until a circumstance doesn't work out in our favor and he comes to us and he says, well, if you were a child of God, well, if you were saved, then this wouldn't happen. But you need to remind the devil that he's challenging an identity that cannot be removed. He's cha- oh, get it now. He's challenging an identity that cannot be removed because once I got saved, guess what, my friends? It ain't going nowhere. I'm saved and sealed and ready to be delivered in that day. Listen to me, honey. Hey, hang on with me this morning. Hey, once you're saved, you're always saved. And sometimes you just got to remind the devil, listen, you can tempt me all you want. You can challenge my identity all you want. You can come to me and say, oh, you ain't saved. This wouldn't have happened if you were saved. This wouldn't have happened. God wouldn't let this happen. To you if you were saved and you just need to remind him of the time and the place when it did happen because you were there when you asked Jesus save me from my sins Amen. oh yes good neighbor it's time for us just to remind ourselves our who our identity is in and get some stability about us because we'll never be able to fully serve God the way God intended us to serve Unless we have that assurity of our identity. You'll never serve God the way He intends until you first have that assurity of your identity in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads this morning. I don't know who it is here this morning that was struggling, that's going through some trials, unsure of their identity, unsure. You may be here this morning, and you're struggling with this identity crisis of not being able to fit in, not sure where to go. Every group that you try, nothing seems to work out. Number one, I ask you this. Do you know that you know that you know that you're saved this morning? Because as we've stated time and time again, you can seek fulfillment in the world, but it will leave you lost and hungry. But when you taste and see that the Lord is good, you'll never thirst again. You may be here struggling with that identity. You're unsure of your eternity. If you're here this morning and you're not sure that you're saved, if you took your final breath, say, Brother Brandon, I'd love to go to heaven when I die. I'd I'd love to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell where I'm eternally separated from God. I don't want to go to that place. But I want to go to heaven. But I know right now in my heart that I am lost and undone, and I need Jesus to save me. With every head bowed and every eye closed just for a moment, If you're like that here this morning and you're unsure of your eternity, you really self-examine yourself this morning and you're unsure of your eternity and you signify that by an upraised hand. You say, Brother Brandon, I'm not saved. I'm not saved. I want to be. Brother Brandon, when I die, I want to go to heaven. I want to know Jesus as my Savior. Can you tell me some more? I want to pray for you. Number one, I want to pray for you. You signify that by an upraised hand. Number two, Christians. There's no doubt in my mind that we struggle with this. Christians. Those of you that are saved in here this morning, are you struggling with your identity? Have you lost the fire and the zeal that you once had to serve the Lord? You know, if you lost it, the great thing is you go back to God and he'll fan those flames again. Maybe this morning, you just need to come down to an old fashioned altar in just a moment. Maybe this morning you just need to come down and ask God to solidify your identity in Christ. Maybe to bring back in remembrance of all the goodness and all the things that he has done in your life. I think it's time that we get real, Christians, that we all struggle, that none of us have arrived. And it's all right to go to God. It's all right. Let's all stand with our head bowed and our eyes closed. Let's all stand to our feet for just a moment. What is it this morning that God is telling you to do business with as we have personal workers making their way to the front? If you need prayer this morning, we have some that'll be here to will pray with you you're here this morning and you're lost and undone without Jesus, you don't know him as your personal savior, well, I implore you to come this morning and come to find him as your savior. You come down to the front with one of these workers, will take a Bible and show you how you can know that you can know that you can know that you'd have a home in heaven. How about it this morning? And it's okay to admit that we struggle. Can I say that? It's okay to admit that we all struggle and go through some hard times. It's all right. And the great thing is, that we have a God who understands who we are and what we're made of. And He knows what you're going through. He knows the struggles that you face. He knows the identity crisis that may be going on in your life. But I want to encourage you today to find your identity in nothing else but Jesus Christ. Now you find it in him this morning.